You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, Lucha Central Weekly. Hello and welcome to the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all of the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. Each week, our team discusses news and events from the past week, as well as previewing the week ahead, covering Mexico-based promotions and top independents, along with luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on luchacentral.com podcasts from the lucha central podcast network are available on all major podcast platforms including itunes spotify iHeartRadio, Podbay, and Speaker. My name is Miranda Morales, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. But this is a team, yes, T-E-A-M, team <laughs> effort. So I'm going to bring in my fantastic co-host. Introducing first, he is the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy. Dusty, how's it going today? Oh, it's going great. How's it going for you, Miranda? Uh, it's going well. You know, we off air, we just had this whole conversation about, you know, uh, exercises and things for our lungs. And as I was doing that intro, <laughs> I was trying not to cough. So I don't know what happened. We jinxed you. Someone jinxed me. Uh, but so I'm not blaming you. However, we literally was just talking about this and now, and now I need to take a second. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. Everybody you know, needs a second now and then. Everybody needs a second. Consider well, your I, favorite luchador and give yourself a second. Well, she <laughs> we need to make that a thing. That's just going to be a moment on the show. Whenever we need a moment, everyone's just like, think of your favorite lucha mask. Or think of your favorite luchador, uh, luchadora. Uh, think about your favorite lucha match or your yeah. favorite, uh, whatever it is. There you go. Go. Uh, but also joining us is who? 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 Ooh. It is the one and only Brendan Barr. Brendan, hey, how's it going? Hey, oh, you know, yeah, I'm I'm doing good now that we're going. I I was I was fending off the coughing earlier, so it's probably my fault. But you know, um, we're here, we're doing it. There may be yeah. coughing in the background once there in a while. Just... I'll make sure to try and put my volume off. I mean, if it's if it's, it's one thing or another in my household, whether it's my coughing or my dogs. <laughs> Uh, usually, you know, usually they they're very opinionated about lucha libre. They're they're okay right, right now, but I feel like they may chime in on some topics that we're going to be talking about today. They always have opinions. It's true. 
They always, always do. I mean, and with that, we got a very stacked episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Of course, we have some of your regular, all of your regular favorite segments. However, news from left and right, some news breaking today, some news throughout the week, and things for you to remember uh, and preview for for next week. Literally, we have the gambit covered for you. So Mm -hmm. we're just going to jump right into it because we got a lot to cover. Brendan's going to started us off with the road back to shows all right so we're gonna start with the usual message mexico city is still orange i have some notes here that i will be referring to later in the show because this will this particular day will announce will impact the potential date for triple mania but we will be talking about that and a triple a segment later in the show so uh, I just remember Mexico City is still orange. I'm sure nobody has ever forgotten that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was ready for the butt. I was like, but yeah, there's there's there is no butt this week. Uh, there is it's just how that impacts things that are going on. I mean, we've got the. Uh, We've got uh, some shows are running at 30% capacity and uh, some shows are not. And I don't know how the city, how they're determining who does that. So uh, like CML, when they were running, were running completely fanless. And um, uh, uh, the bars and, and clubs seem to still have that 30%, although they're, they're spiking up on, on, on uh, COVID cases just like Washington here. So... They may go back to lockdown, just like we're talking about doing, for all I know. Uh, but that, none of that has been announced yet, just that uh, we've got two more weeks of being orange before we start even thinking about being yellow in Mexico City. Uh, in other COVID-related news, uh, <laughs> DTU recently ran a show uh, that uh, it's not proven nobody has drawn the line between these two things but it seems highly likely that that, uh in the aftermath of the show that they ran in a bar that that bar was then closed down for covid related reasons um they uh the 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 citation does not it says a lucha libre show does not clearly call out dt DTU, but it does. There's a lot of matching shots between DTU promo shots and the 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 bar shots. So probably, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I heard a lot of rumors about it on social media. You know that it was a a paid DTU show for Halloween, right? and so it wasn't actually their promotion. They just paid them to show up with guys in a ring and everything. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand quite how that works, but it's technically not a DTU promotion. It was a private promotion put on by the bar. Yeah. So, so in, in the world of, of, uh, licensing up here, uh, a promotion will, is, is whoever's paying for the venue as well as, as doing all the advertising. So if DTU is just getting a paycheck paycheck to show up and the and the bar is doing all the promoting and they paid for all the talent to be there then it's completely on the the bar for any of the other aftermath of it like according to the rumors that nobody was wearing pic- masks in any of the pictures of this event so you know if that becomes a super spreader event that's more on the bar than it is on DTU although 
they really should be sticking to tighter regulations with their talent too if mm-hmm. they want to keep doing shows. Um, it's an interesting story, uh, but yeah, it, it don't, I don't, it doesn't sound like DTU's being held, uh, uh, at any higher accountability than, than the bar or than, than other promotions, and they've already had their little scrape, so hopefully, uh, hopefully they start getting, uh, ahead of this and start really coming up with some ideas on, on ways to do lots of good social distancing shows, cause, Seems like a lot of Mexico is adapting to that quite well between like auto luchas and they shows are. in the they middle are. of the nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and other rumors, I have, uh, the Voices of Wrestling podcast, who has a pretty decent reliability record, has reported that Dragon Lee went to Japan, uh, Probably for the best of super juniors, he started the quarantine process, but then in the middle of that returned to Mexico. So no really, I mean, there's nothing substantial as to why that would be. Everybody is, of course, speculating it was probably COVID, but, uh, it's, it's a question of whether like he, he tested positive or if he, if someone back home needed needed help or something on like that, you know, I mean, there's any number of things that could mm-hmm. have happened. What what the most likely means is that he won't be on the on the New Japan shows because he hasn't finished quarantine. So he might do still he might still be able to do ROH tapings and and uh, any and promotions in Mexico, but. Uh, because he hasn't quarantined, finished that quarantine in Japan, that's, we're probably not going to see him on any of those cards if he has been announced. It's my understanding that his uncle, Cesar Munoz, passed away mm-hmm. today as we record this. He wrestled uh, September Negro Jr. and Pitbull 2, mm-hmm. and he was the brother of Bestia del Ring, and then the uncle of Rush and Dragon Lee and Mystico too, so that could have been part of the whole thing too. Which that, they, that is, I lost an yeah. uncle today, so it's very I, sad. That is kind of what I was alluding to with maybe he just had to go back for family mm-hmm. reasons. Uh, I was unaware of the passing, but I knew so that I'd heard rumors that someone in the family might have been sick. So um, it's very it's good, interesting to know, and that kind of rounds that story out. Um, like, like I say, hopefully that means that, uh, when this, when the dust on any of this settles, we'll see Dragon Lee or Roosh, uh, at, at more events in the near future. It sounds like they're, they were getting things worked out and mm-hmm. hopefully this is going to be big of a setback for them. Yeah. Love uh, to see them back. Right? Uh, in, in other hopeful news for this, this Post-COVID era of wrestling, uh, another Lucha Libre promotion has resurfaced. The crash started making posts on Facebook again. So uh, they haven't really said that they're going to do any shows or anything yet, but they're starting to actually make posts and be active online, which hasn't been the case for a while. So that usually is the start of something. So I'm keeping my eyes on that. Um, the... Uh, They've had a lot of their talent show up in other places, so it'll be very interesting if they do try and run shows to see who actually shows up at this point, because they've been uh, 
very radio silent for a very long time. Even kind of pre-COVID, they weren't really doing a lot of shows. And uh, and then uh, the the last story I have today is that uh, we've got a few more shows coming up. They're they're going to be on the Mas Lucha Premium YouTube channel, which is making me wonder why I'm spending nine dollars a month for the Mas Lucha streaming service that hasn't really updated much and when i could just be spending eight but eight dollars on the premium youtube channel which seems to get all the content they had the castillo de terror recently uh but the next vanguardia event is going to be there as well as uh lucha libre boom will be hosting will be uploading their halloween event that they recently filmed onto the channel so oh. Right. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to debate this week, but I think I'm probably going to cancel one subscription and go for the other subscription. So. You know, if you're not getting yeah. one subscription, you, you got to get that variety. Variety's the spice of life. If you yeah. get a little bit here, see all there is to offer, then you go over there. You get Netflix for a while. You can't see. You go to Hulu. You watch all that good stuff. You go back to Netflix. It's how people are now. 2020, baby. But these are both these are both Mas Lucha. They're, it's it's two versions of the same thing. I should be able to see anything on either of them on whichever one that I'm subscribed to, and that's just not how it's it's happening. Not how this works, but apparently no. that's how this works. <laughs> I'd even be okay if there was a delay, like on the YouTube channel came out a few weeks later but no it seems like because I've been looking checking on my on the app and they're not really they don't seem to be adding any of that stuff later so uh, yeah uh, that's uh, if they keep if I keep seeing more announcements for the YouTube channel and nothing for the, the service that I'm gonna make the switch this week so there's your suspense for this week and and or not this week in Lucha but uh, road back road, to shows next road, week yeah. we can Find out which service that Brendan actually decided to, to keep paying for. <laughs> the suspense. The anticipation. <laughs> that is my uh, road back to shows. Uh, as I alluded to, we will have more stuff on AAA later in the show. So if you're tuning in to find out the saga of AAA, uh, you're going to have to stick around till much later in the show. But what they can anticipate right now is some indie roundup. Heck yeah. So uh also on the Mass Lucha channel was another IWRG event. Um I did not get to see this. I have seen highlights of some of the matches. So I'll just try and run down the uh, undercard real quick here. We had Blue Monster Jr., uh Dombia Torito and Yin Dragon against Aikima, Dark Panther, Death Dragon, and Power Kid. And uh, Blue Monster Jr., Dombia, Torito, and Yin Dragon won that one. There was not really a lot of highlights of that one, so I don't know. Uh, uh, I'm expecting that this was was another fast-paced high-flyer one, based on the names, but... uh, who knows? Uh, Hijo del Abrije, Miss Delicious, Assassino, Pera- oh, wow. I should have 
pre-read some of these names better. Assassino Perano, uh, so Hijo de la Brige, Miss Delicious, uh, and Miss Delicious against Assassino Perano and Tyra Fly, and then also Effecto and Lady Lee. Uh, so Hijo de la Brige and, and Miss Delicious wound up on top on that one. Um, IWRG's ladies and mixed division is, is pretty good. I, I recognize a bunch of these names. Again, I didn't get to see a lot of highlights because the undercard was, uh, not very well covered on, on the, the YouTube highlights yet. I'm, that's, they tend to be about a week behind or so, unfortunately. Um, Next match we had Arandu and Iron Kid against Mike Zer- uh, against Mike Segura and Tromba, uh, and uh, another uh, Rondo and Iron Kid came out on top. I don't have really any any exciting things to say. I'm sorry, Mister. Uh, <laughs> just gonna just, just plow right ahead, Mister Leo and Terramoto. Mr. Leo against Terremoto, Impulso, Impulso, Fulgore, Corsario Negro, Lyle, Yoruba, and uh, Mr. Lee came out uh, on top on that. This is a multi-man match. I saw lots. There was lots of brawling and high-flying in that one, I just in the, the like two minutes that I saw. Um, so then the next one, Apollo Estrada Jr., Flystar, <coughs> there it was. Toxin. So Apollo Estrada Jr., Flystar and Toxin against Corazon de Barrio, Devo, and Silencio. Uh, and then, then there, was, there was some last minute replacements in there. Flystar and Apollo Estrada replaced Dragon Bane and Hijo de Canis Lupus, who I believe that was an injury that pulled uh, Hijo de Canis Lupus out of there. It might have been. It might have been a sickness, but, uh, uh, that it was harder for me to find. I just saw that they were replaced last second. Uh, so Apollo Estrada Jr. and Flystar and Toxin came out on top of that. And, uh, I, I have seen a lot of these guys. That, that one looked like it was going to be a really fun match. And I am very much looking forward to seeing it. Um, uh, Next match, we had Demonio Inferno and Fresario Jr. against Jesse Ventura and Passion Crystal. And uh, I, again, uh, I've seen a lot of these four people on IWRG shows in the last few weeks. Uh, any combination that you get with uh, kind of this this mid to upper card seems to be really good. And uh, this was no no exception here. Demonio Inferno Infernal. And Fresario Jr. came out on top of this one. Um, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna say a name, try not to giggle here. So Aries and Steve Payne took on Dinamico and Mecha Wolf. I told you not to giggle. <laughs> but what, what, okay, so what if a smile? Like what, what, I mean. <laughs> That's not gonna throw my pacing off, but I knew if I said a certain name, that is infamous amongst people on the show. I'm not gonna throw any shade at, at people, but I, I only giggled they're... because I was trying to close my wallet and giggle this distraction. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. 
so, um, Dinamico and Mecha Wolf came up a little short on this one. Aries and Steve Payne wound up winning. So, at, that uh is your IWRG event. It it again looked really good. Uh we we have coverage of that on the luchacentral.com. That is where I got my results from even though I uh didn't have a lot of highlights yet. I will work on that for for future shows. Um we also had a, another episode of Lucha Time on on youtube so i we're gonna go i'm gonna dive into that because uh that's this one was a lot of fun this week um first match we had legendario and hermes jr against gamilo muerte and hijo del enfermo uh and this this is uh four young guys kind of working on tv it's a lot a lot like an episode of aw dark there's there's some there's a lot of good stuff there's some not so good stuff uh you had this one had a a unusual to me ending where you had a, a one of the guys whipped into the rope and he the the guy that whipped him put his head down like he was going to do a back body drop and got destroyed out of it so um I believe that was uh Hermes Jr. hit the destroyer. I I have my notes are destroyer out of nowhere for the the Randy Orton reference. It was fairly exciting finish for a, a pretty good match. Um then next we had Epidemus and Ricky Marvin. So I was uh already a little more jazzed on this cuz they've been using these big names to help help make their uh their local talent look really good and that's kind of what we got a lot of here. Epidemus uh, for the start of the match, Rick, they stayed in the middle, which again, for people who watched Ricky Marvin and AAA, that's kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, they, uh, they, they stayed in the middle. It wasn't until, uh, until, uh, Epidemus actually fell out of the ring that they, that things spilled to the outside and they brawled for a little bit. They managed to get back into the middle of the ring. Epidemus started to, to get a little bit of offense going he hit a lot of really good looking power moves he had a little bit of chain wrestling going on they kind of swapped back and forth uh for a little bit there where ricky would would kind of take control and then uh instead and then epidemus would counter it with like a big power move so it was kind of the story of the wily old vet would do dirty tricks to take over against the kind of more spry young kid who really wanted to muscle his way through this um lots of yeah so like a lot of the time when ricky was able to take control he was using dirty tricks like holding on to the ref or uh pulling the ref into the way that sort of thing and uh so after uh, Epidemus actually hit what I'm assuming is his finisher a couple of times, neither of those actually uh, managed to pull it off. Uh, Ricky finally hits a very deep leg lock, and that's what, what we got the finish off of. It was a very fun match, and uh, it I, I makes me more excited to see more Epidemus matches. So I, I feel like they did their job here. And then, if people have been paying attention to me talking about Lucha Time, you will recognize that I, for weeks now, VIP and Mafioso have been, uh, 
doing stuff. They've been in tag team matches on the same team where they would beat each other up instead of beating up the opponents. They've been on opposite sides of tag teams. We finally got them in a singles match. Um, I mean, this is what you want kind of for a payoff on a few. They, they, they didn't do a lot of technical moves. They brawled a lot. They went outside. They did, there was some flying off the top rope, but I mean, mostly they were, it was two big guys trying to, uh, physically dominate each other. Um, at the end, VIP was on the top rope. He wasn't able to finish a move and, uh, Mafioso caught him, kind of turned it into, uh, a power move bomb that it's, it's very hard for me to describe. He basically just held, held the VIP by the neck and kind of spun him around and, and he landed flat and then, Immediately went into another pretty deep leg lock, and that was the 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 finish of that one. But we weren't done seeing those two because in the main event you had uh, a few tag teams. You had La Diferencia, which is um, Rider Dynamic and Acantus. Uh, you had Mafioso's crew of Bomba and Granada. You had the hardcore crew, which is Sick Boy and Medico Brujo, all in the ring. And VIP and uh, Mafioso came back out for this match. And uh, I didn't know what I was expecting. But what I got definitely wasn't that. Is, uh, they, they didn't take very long for it to turn into a brawl. And once all six of the, or actually all eight or nine of the guys were in the ring... The locker room cleared out, and so you had like 20, 30 guys in the middle of the rink just brawling with each other, and then eventually you had two authority figures come out, and they kind of were able to split everybody into like two groups. They kind of cut a couple of promos that I really couldn't make out very well because uh, the sound on the computer I was watching on was not good, So and my Spanish, as I well established, not good, so... Um, then, then, uh, whatever they said just ag- aggravated both, both sides and they brawled some more. And finally, uh, one side left and the other side kind of lingered around ringside and we rolled the credits. So nobody won that last match. We just had a massive, very exciting brawl. And I, when I say everybody, I mean, like the only person I didn't specifically see was either of the Zoros, but I saw everybody else. I saw the, I saw their ladies division. I saw the mummy. I saw, I mean, anybody who's been on the show for the last few weeks came out. Uh, Black Magic. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's just it was it's very exciting to watch. So, um, I again, I I am really into what they're able to what Lucha Time's been able to pull out of a pretty small locker room in in this and this period of time, and really make an interesting show every week. So um, I'm going to keep watching Lucha Time, and uh, and eventually they're going to do their 2021 plans, and I might even make it to one of their shows. Like if they're going to a city that's not going to be deadly for me to travel to, I will probably go see them live just because at this point we're doing – they're doing yeah. some good things that I really want to check out. He's so cool. Um, that's what I've got. I, I focused a little more on, on the Lucha time this week because I thought 
all of the matches were really good and we, we looked like we were going to have a little more time, but I will remind people again, Indie Roundup is for any indie show. So if you want to, if you want to send links or if you want to, uh, drop me a note and invite me to come by to something, you know, I would be more than happy to go. I'll take notes and, uh, if it's, uh, if it's, if it's, Something that I can put on the show, I will happily put it on the show. I'd love to have lots of real strong representation representation of uh, indie lucha from all over the world. That's great. Thank you, Brendan, for both the road back to shows and the indie roundup. And, well, next we have Denise Alcedo, who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central. Denise, take it away. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a reminder of where and when to catch all of the great network content this week. Get the full lineup and listen to all of our shows in the podcast network section of LuchaCentral.com. On Tuesdays, Math, Mats, and Mayhem takes you inside the world of Lucha Underground as they take you weekly through the series with the benefit of hindsight and the benefit of special guests from the groundbreaking series. Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at LuchaCentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. Tuesday nights live, it's WrestleBoss, where Fabi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener Collins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers. From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central Weekly podcast, one in English y el otro en español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms, either by their own series name or subscribe to the Lucha Central Podcast Network show pages to get all of the shows in one easy feed and please consider giving a rating to help more fans find the shows that you love for now this is denise salcedo signing off from lucha central central have a great week lucha-masks.com by pro wrestling revolution bringing you in partnership with mask republic the lucha brothers as well as japanese legend ultimo dragon Go to lucha-masks.com and fight lucha strong with masks from your favorite lucha legends and pro wrestling revolution luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com powered by pro wrestling revolution.
as always, a huge thank you to Denise Salcedo, who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central, letting you know what is happening throughout the Lucha Central Podcast Network. Up next, Dusty, well, you've got some WWE news to share with us, specifically what happened this week on SmackDown and Monday Night Raw. Yeah, uh, the answer is not a whole lot, but we did have a little bit of Lucha content. First up, we had the Survivor Series qualifying match between King Corbin and Rey Mysterio with Dominic at ringside. Ugh. Like, I have a love-hate combination for King Corbin. I love that he's, like, one of the most legit badass guys in wrestling. He's a Golden Gloves champion. He's, his NXT run was awesome. But his SmackDown thing, the King character, ugh. And the, this is not a match I would have ever asked for, King Corbin against Rey Mysterio. And from the time of the announcement of these Survivor Series team qualifiers, I assumed that Seth and Ray would interfere in each other's matches and either cost each other their spots or to continue their and continue their feud or both end up on the team and continue their feud. You know, one way or the other. But they split the difference. They had Ray lose. They had Seth win his match against Otis. But this match with King Corbin and Rey Mysterio was just not great. It was brought down by interruptions. The pacing was uneven. It never really got to a good rhythm. There was just nothing to feel positive about as a Lucha fan watching this match. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I realize Rey can't win every week, but him losing here felt like a real misstep. And it's a rare match from Rey Mysterio that wasn't at least pretty good, if not great. Like, usually when Rey Mysterio, that's a great match. But this match just was a dud for me. It mostly served to set up the storyline for Seth and Aaliyah and Murphy and Rey and Dominic. But it weighed down the match so much you could never get into it like it was Seth was there like it was yeah and then later Aaliyah and Murphy they were talking to Seth Murphy was talking to Seth about the greater good and Aaliyah you know he leaves and Aaliyah is talking to Murphy and Murphy says well you know I'm it's about the greater good and Aaliyah agreed so the storyline is getting more interesting. We kind of see, we'll tie back to this at the end, but we see some development in the storyline, some interesting things coming. Um, who knows what will happen? I've said all along, I've thought Seth was behind this and he and Murphy were still working together, and it looks more and more obvious all the time. Um, we also had Selena and a match, but, you know, it wasn't... Anything spectacular for her, but she did get to wrestle on Friday night. Looked great, as always. Yes. And I'm always excited to see Zelina. I mean, she's one of the best women's wrestlers they have. I just wish they'd let her show it. Mm -hmm. They, She was in a uh, triple threat match with Ruby Riot and Natalia. The only thing really interesting about the match was the finish, the sharpshooter into a different submission, and who, you know, Ruby Riot got the win. Natalia thought she'd already won. It was just kind of an interesting thing, but it didn't set up much for the, for Zelina. You know what I mean? It's just not a. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, that, I get that where, where like they, they're built, they're not building for the person you want. I can't tell you how many times I've seen that mm -hmm. on WWE in particular. She just seems to be there to take the pin so a lot of these other gals don't have to to advance their feud because she's not in a feud right now. Yeah. And 
it makes her character feel less important because of that. She looked great with Asuka. She kind of had a mini feud there for like a week and then she got sent to SmackDown. That was over. And then it looked like her and Bianca Belair were going to have a feud. They dropped the ball on that and kind of abandoned it. So we'll see what happens. But SmackDown just wasn't a great experience for me this Friday. Uh, on Raw, then, it never really got much better, but we still got to see some luchadors. Angel Garza had a spot where he, another one where he came out and he said that he was cold-blooded and will do anything to win because he's fighting for every woman in the world. And not only is he fighting for every woman in the world, he's fighting to prove that every other man is worthless and that what all women deserve is someone who can give them everything that they've ever wanted. Before this, though, he will offer a rose to all of them. And that was the end of the vignette. It was interesting. Okay, then. (laughs) I mean, I can get on board with some of the things that he said for sure, but... Yeah, the fact that it's now this this true Lothario, like, oh, women are, you know, I mean, like, yeah, yeah no, I, no, <laughs> I, yes, that is indeed true. However, yeah, like, now you're just I, being greedy, because now you want them all, <laughs> and I don't know if I can support that. Yeah, I, I love Angel's character. I think they're trying to find a way to, you know, kind of make it more of a heel character, because he's so lovable yeah. that you can't dislike Angel, and, you know, maybe we'll see an interesting thing where he's a face, yeah. the women, and a heel for the guys. Like, we've seen country-to-country cool. country face versus heel. You know, like, Bret Hart, he was in Canada, he's a face. If he's in America, he was a heel. But it would be interesting to see that juxtaposition for Angel, like, men versus women. Yeah. So my thought on watching that was, like, it it was very much like an 80s-style WWF vignette like they were making it reminded me of rick rude yeah yeah it's like rick rude but like also rick the model martel like they blended Uh Uh persona at this point it feels like it would be angel garza yes yeah yeah and and i enjoyed it for that um it you're right that it is a little much but i mean uh, I always think back to uh, Lex Luger's The Narcissist as a little much, but that was really one yeah. of the best, best acts that he was ever Yeah, in, love so. the mirror and everything. Yeah, that was classic. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was what I thought with the first Angel promo, was that it was gonna, he was going to be talking to the mirror. Right? Yeah. I think that would be a lot funnier, actually. I like, do, that, too. Yeah, I like he's in love with himself. That. Yeah, <laughs> because ultimately, like... You know, I could see like he's still Lothario with women, but the like mm-hmm. the fact that maybe he starts paying more attention to himself than to women, I think would be funnier. But yeah, what? I do too. What do we know, I, right? Yeah. Everything. That's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We know, we know all the information that the listeners of this show need to have. That's what we know. That's We're why they're tuning in. Source, yeah, I ain't the information, right? Right. Support me on this internet. Yes. (laughs) The internet. They will dramatically or they won't dramatically. I'm just waiting to see where, where, (laughs) is the internet. They love us or they hate us, but you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting road. I think the fact that they're still investing in Angel, I think is the silver lining in all of this, um, because of, of that whole, That whole series with Andrade and and the moments they didn't pull the trigger and 
you know, Charlie Caruso and that girl from Demi from The Bachelor and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Like, I maybe it is better that they're refocusing a little bit on on himself, just himself, and yeah. you know, we'll see where. I, where the I like that. Goes. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it that because it's got that '80s vibe to it. It's got like that Bruce Bruce Pritchard investment in it, like because yeah. he wrote a lot of those those things back in the day too so we hear a lot if of he's that, on board yeah that they're really high on him backstage so like yeah. that's a good sign for him and he got i mean he got longer for his vignette than lucha house party got for their championship ouch, the championship reign. ouch. Uh, i mean then just uh, roll yeah. into it man just yeah oh, grand metalik and lindsay both became 24 7 champions on raw this week there was a six-way match that just turned into everybody getting to be champion for 10 seconds. Eventually, Lucha House Party got their turn. Metalik becomes champion. But immediately after Metalik wins and holds the title up, Lindsay rolls him up for a pin. So then Lindsay and Metalik argue. R-Truth shows up, gives an attitude adjustment, John Cena style, onto Lindsay, covers him for the pin. They got about maybe uh, 45 seconds combined. It yeah. was... An astonishing oh. misfire and misuse of the. I'm gonna mention Mascara Dorado later, but that this is what he's doing. Like I mentioned him in the AW segment, yeah. but yeah, and Oof. and hopefully he's not gonna be here forever because I think that they, you know, maybe the the part on AEW was kind of a subtle thing, like a yeah. message to him in a way, and also in WWE news. Then kind of better news we've got, well, not better news necessarily, different news. We got news about Rey Mysterio and Conan and the storyline regarding Murphy and Aaliyah. This has basically been done before in Puerto Rico with Conan. And so, like, Rey and Conan are super close, obviously. Um, Rey is deeply involved in the storyline and is kind of the main idea man behind everything. And it came out in multiple media outlets that this was almost exactly like the storyline where Conan was supposed to marry Stacey Cologne, only to reveal that he was the one that was actually manipulating the Cologne family the entire time. And WWE has been known to do wedding segments that end in controversy. Vince yeah. loves crazy weddings. Vince allegedly, you know, really thinks a lot of Aaliyah Mysterio. She didn't want to be a wrestler, even a personality. Vince saw her backstage, was like, we got to get you on camera. And, yeah. and she went on, like, in her clothes, she was hanging out in backstage. She was wearing, like, Louis and Gucci, and Vince just put <laughs> her on camera, and she yeah. instantly, you know, and it kind of took off. At least that's the story. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, I think that, you know, it's interesting. We'll see. I mean, I don't want to give away how the Conan storyline ends. If you want to look the whole thing it's up yourself, you can. But the wrestling wedding. If people yes, don't know what wrestling wedding is. Yeah, like, what wrestling wedding has ever gone without a hitch? Really, I mean, most of them don't even actually finish. Um, no. And those that finish definitely in shenanigans. So, I mean, it is very interesting the fact that they 
have that influence uh, from from Conan. I think that too is is um, means that the company is pretty high on utilizing those ideas or just the you know like you said the ones that are crazy enough for Vince to buy in. So um, that does leave a little bit of a spoiler for those who you know kind of research uh, more in depth about it and and all of that. Uh, but the fact that they would go through this already with you know some people still unsure about this angle um but it seems like it's, it continues to catch on um it still has you know the youtube hits uh, people are talking about it on social media and that's what wwe wants so um taking it up the next notch is you know having a wrestling wedding yeah, yeah. i love it yeah. it's been it's been a while um, since we had a good wedding i think laurel van ness was the last we- well i mean i guess we got oh. who shot johnny bravo I was but, gonna say, yeah, but yeah. you but then just we about had, to skip the. <laughs> yeah, we can't yeah. forget that. That was more recent, but yeah, I mean, like that was kind of a special thing. It didn't even feel like a wrestling wedding in a way, the way they filmed it. But yeah, I mean, weddings haven't and WWE. I don't know when the last wedding was. It's been quite a long time. So for a lot of newer viewers, it could still be fresh and interesting. So Absolutely. hopefully, it kind of you know, pushes them over. I'm excited to see what comes of it. And for as much as WWE doesn't know what we want, you go from Monday Night Raw to the next night, Tuesday night, you got AEW Dark. AEW knows what we want, and they gave it to us this week. Dark Dark knows what we want, so they started out commentary (laughs) with a shirtless Ricky Starks. They know that we want Starky Baby. (laughs) And, and so they Stroke gave it to us. Stroke Daddy! <laughs> Always and forever will be Stroke Daddy. Uh, <laughs> Always and forever. And first up, we had Chaos Project defeating TNT. For those who didn't know or don't know, TNT are Devon Dudley's son, Terrell, and Terrence, TNT. They trained at 3D Academy, and I fully expected the tables to come out, thanks to Dr. Luther's deathmatch history. I was wrong. No tables. This was a real match. And Chaos Project were great. They used their teamwork and Mesh's styles to dominate in a way that we don't (laughs) often see. And despite TNT's best efforts towards the end and a nice hot tag, they were unable to get the win. Great match. Especially these guys, TNT, have kicked around the Florida Indies for a little while but haven't Mm -hmm. done anything big yet. This was their first. And they worked a great match for being their first time on a big stage, first time on a big camera like that. Great match. Look forward to seeing them again. So Our next, I, oh, go ahead. I want Sorry. to jump in with two quick things on this one. Uh, one, they the they put over that Serpentico was also one of TNT's trainers. So I yes. really wanted to give That's since true. we talk about him a lot on the show, I wanted to to. And then you were talking about the teamwork, and I immediately though flashed to the the part where uh, Luther screaming at him in his Luther voice, Serpentico. And Serpentico's <laughs> shaking his head that he does not want to go off the be launched off the top rope, and then <laughs> it happens anyway. So the teamwork wasn't a hundred percent there because I think Serpentico was feeling a little bruised by the end of that match, but it was yeah. great. It was a great match, and like I, I know that a lot of people aren't crazy about Chaos Project. I've heard that from people, at least about like they don't get the Doctor Luther thing. But check this match out; it was awesome. Yep. I loved it. Our next lucha match in the show was the Hybrid Two 
defeating Adam Priest and Sean Dean. Like, this was so good. I loved yeah. it. I fawn over yeah. Angelico especially, but it's always clear I love the TH2. Kazarian is on commentary on this match to push SCU's feud with them, so they're not mm-hmm. wrestling each other. The feud's continuing. I love this with Dark. Awesome. So far, the feud's been entirely on Dark. I would love to see see it get some attention on Dynamite soon. Um, they're wrestling too beautifully for Dark. Like, Evans hit an insane 450 splash on the outside on Adam Priest during the match. And Helico won with this awesome arm-wrenching submission. Jack Evans ran in, started getting the kicks in at the end of the bell for some heel work. It was awesome. Like, they are firmly Rudo. And I love it. They are doing a great job. Love yeah. the hybrid too. I yeah, wish that feel on dynamite. That feud excites me. I I feel it's, like at some point they're gonna bring it over to dynamite. They just kind of playing this up a little bit right now. Mm-hmm. All right, and then our next match was Lucha Bros defeating Ashton Starr and David Ali. And for as much as I would love a solo run for both Penta and Phoenix, like I, and I do want that, their tag team work is so fluid and beautiful that it also kind of breaks my heart to see them separated. Hopefully we get to keep seeing them together on Dark. I think that's a little unlikely after what happens on Dynamite, but (laughs) it was awesome. The Lucha Bros were were just (laughs) dynamic and dominant, and they won with their tag team pile driver, Penta picking up the actual pin. Fantastic. Then our next match was Allen Five Angels defeating Fuego del Sol. It's exciting to see two men in masks against each other when one is only a masked wrestler and one is a luchador. You know, it's kind of unusual. I liked that. This was a fun back and forth. And it was interesting to me how similar the styles were between Five and Fuego. I mean, they really worked well together. Yeah. I could have, I mean, like, this match could have gone on twice as long, and it just felt like it went so quick for me. Five hit the wing snapper to get the pin, and that keeps the momentum rolling for the Dark Order. I can't wait to see what they're going to do. Great match. Mm-hmm. Then next up, we Love had some it. tag team action. Ivelisse and Diamante defeated Dream Girl Ellie yes. and Genocide in their first oh, tag team match man. on Dark. This was awesome. I loved the gear. We talked a lot about the gear in the presentation. Dream Girl Ellie and Genocide looked amazing. Dream Girl Ellie, I think, had a um, the Frieza from Dragon Ball gear, and Genocide yeah. had robot gear she is and she has a size advantage she's like six feet tall she looks amazing yeah and but like you didn't think a new tag team could beat the baddest women's tag team mm-hmm. in wrestling no, the sir. world the world cup winning yeah tag team? yeah yes with yeah. the medals and the cups and all of the awards and all the matches so but, but no awesome. flowers no flowers. No, no, they don't need flowers. What do you think this is? A beauty pageant? Nuh-uh. So it's, it's great to see them back in tag action. We've been yeah. seeing more of those singles yes. runs for now um, mm-hmm. that, you know, it's, it's good to see them in action. It still also then lingers, you know, what's next for them, whether it's a tag team, whether I would love to see them get into a, a more of a proper tag team feud now that we've Me seen too. them do those individual runs with uh with Thunder Rosa I think now that they seem to be out of the NWA title picture bring them back into the fold with a uh tag 
uh, some tag team program. I have thoughts. Uh, we'll continue on with this. <laughs> I mean, we all kind of know some 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 ladies on the roster that I think would be great for that, but. You know. I, I would honestly love to see them wrestle Dream Girl Elliot Genocide again, too. The chemistry between these four women was really yeah. electric. And really I wouldn't mind a feud to help kind of build up Dream Girl Elliot Genocide. I think that would be great for them. And yeah, I would yeah. love to see this. Any then, Anybody. Tag team. I love tag team wrestling. Visual of having Diamante squaring off against Genocide was fantastic. Like, oh my gosh, they look so good. And, yeah. yeah. I'd like David and Goliath stuff, yeah. but and but, and like, yet you know that little girl is going to be the one that just Yeah, it's going to that little yeah, gonna woman gonna destroy her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I mean, it's I'm like not that. even going to use the yeah, yeah. she'll hurt it's... me over the internet <laughs> if she hears it. <laughs> And then we had our main event for the night. Sunny Kiss and Joey Janela against Jurassic Express. This was an awesome main event. Like, I really enjoyed it. I love Jungle Boy. Love Luchasaurus. Love everybody involved. Um, it wasn't quite the match I expected from these guys. Sunny Kiss and Joey Janela have really come together as a tag team. They've developed a nice rhythm and yeah. chemistry, but this still kind of wasn't the match I expected, but it was still tremendous. Jungle Boy hit an insane destroyer on Janela on the outside, and they hit a double-team slam spin into a powerbomb on Janela for the finish. It was awesome. Yeah. Like, you've yeah. got to see that finishing move. It was crazy. It's surprising me that the Express are really turning into like a premier tag team with the, mm-hmm. all the really, they've got the big tag team moves. They've got all the cool double teams. They're coming up with something new every week for, mm-hmm. for that stuff. Like I, I, I want to see more of them in the tag team division. Oh, me too. I love, I mean, what they've been doing. Well, I love what AEW has been doing with tag team wrestling in general. It's Absolutely. really yeah. been Absolutely. great. Yeah. And then on Wednesday night, we had Dynamite. The first match of the night, we had Brian Cage defeating Matt Seidel. And, like, I, you could kind of call this a typical big man, little man match. That's kind of how it went to begin with. But then Seidel started to get in some offense, yes. you know. And offense is insane. Just like, it really <laughs> is. And, and, and you can start off with saying it's, like, typical, but it's not because – the no. athleticism of both, like, you know, Cage in itself, he is so just agile in the Absolutely. ring. And I think that worked really well with Matt Seidel, who can just, I mean, just perform phenomenally. I think there was this one where, like, a power bomb converted into a Hurricane Rana. Like, yeah. that blew yeah, my it was crazy. So good. And, and, I mean, it was just amazing, and, like, I love these matches where even though we kind of knew Brian Cage was going to win, it wasn't a squash match. Like, this was a really great match. They both had amazing spots, and I wouldn't mind seeing them work together some more, too. Like, it was an unexpected pairing with unusually fantastic chemistry. Yeah, I'm, and, and I'd be okay with seeing that on the undercard a couple more times, for yeah. sure. Yeah, definitely. But we really want to get to the the main event, yeah. the Penta versus Phoenix part oh, two. Oh boy! Oh my God! Match of the year. It was insane. <laughs> it was so good. There, this is one of the most perfect TV matches I have ever seen. No exaggeration. It was just no. so good. 
the the Mastarian, the package pile driver to Phoenix on the apron, then a destroyer, then a double underhook into a second package pile driver for the mm-hmm. win. This match was insane. You never had a chance to catch your breath. Penta now leads Phoenix ten to seven in head to head matchups. But let's yes. talk about this. We have to discuss it. As the match started, Phoenix does this amazing jump over the rope onto the second rope, jumps up. It's only occurred twice ever in competition, only been successfully done twice. Once was Mascara Dorada, who is now Grand Metalik in WWE, and once yeah. was Phoenix. And so that was an amazing tribute to Mascara Dorada and reminds everybody of the rope walker that he was. Yes. And, King of the ropes. Yeah, and like, oh, and then the the mask gripping. They told a lot of story. I mean, they went hard into each other. When they came out, I noticed Phoenix was in like a fan mask, like the ones he sells on Instagram. And I was like, huh, that's cool. I guess he's trying to drum up his Instagram business. And I was like, no, yeah. they wanted to that's tear one. That's a good eye. That's a really, that's yeah. a really good eye because I didn't. Quite it was, I mean, you could tell maybe the texture was a little bit more shiny and plasticky mm-hmm. uh, on second glance, but I think initially no. So that's a, that's you know only true lucha fans like uh, you know yourself and Brendan caught that <laughs> real quick. <laughs> it's it's the venom mask really made it easy for me to speak because <laughs> uh, he he he's more about selling those venom masks than he yeah. is about. Them, They've so been a good money maker for him. <laughs> and so that was what I thought was that, you know, he's wearing it out because he sells these and like, that's great. Smart marketing, smart. But then it kind of played into the story. And the same with Pentagon. He had the kind of sequined bottom with the zebra mm-hmm. that's very common, very similar to the Lucha Underground look that everybody I'm, likes. I've two. <laughs> <laughs> I have one the zebra and the skulls. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah it's just it was so cool and like i say they both wore the fan masks i thought that was like a merchandising thing and i thought that was brilliant until it played into the story and like yeah. oh my gosh and if you've never seen a match where they ripped the masks like you've got to see this like you can see the the well the play on the mask the venom in it like the anger in the mm-hmm. you know i mean like it really Played into it. Phoenix is a very handsome man. Looked like filthy animal Rey Mysterio under there <laughs> with the shaved head. <laughs> yeah. Both. I, yeah. I think it was just a really, it was a really interesting dynamic that I did not expect to see. Um, that I think it just threw me for a loop and in some ways made me think, why is this not on pay-per-view? Because 100%. the fact that, that they could have really built this up um, mm-hmm. to say, uh, you know, in January when they have their next pay-per-view and really built yeah. it to either some kind of a Puestas match or, you know, grudge match, whatnot. So I, I'm surprised in some ways that they put this all out on TV, but also through some of the other announcements that night, you know, like we're going to get Kenny Omega and John Moxley uh, yeah, on, on TV. Yeah, on December 2nd. Yeah, regular so, TV. That is a pay-per-view match. Yeah. And the yeah. fact that we might see a title change on TV is ridiculous. I'm hoping that it sets up – that's about a month before their pay-per-view. I'm hoping it kind of sets up a month-long feud between Moxley and Omega. But at this point, you know, Dynamite, you've got to watch. Like, it's become must-see TV. Yeah. And yep. Everybody yeah, oh yeah, on especially. social media was talking about this match. Yeah. Twitter uh, was talking about it. Instagram, Reddit. 
uh, Facebook, everybody, everybody was talking about the Lucha Bros, you know, and it, it, I, it was yeah. seriously the match of the year for me. We've seen some really incredible matches this year, but I don't think we've seen anything this good. I mean, oh. and like Miranda mentioned, especially on TV, I don't even, I mean, as far as TV matches goes, this is about as good as it gets. Mm-hmm. I For TV, this is top notch. Like, it's... It stands up with a lot of pay-per-view matches. Oh, know? absolutely. Yeah. It's, it it's yeah. one of the best matches I've ever seen. It's mm-hmm. so good. Yeah, and, and I think it's a good blend of both actual wrestling and storytelling through, you know, mm-hmm. I think the, the whole mask ripping. Mm-hmm. I, and and you didn't have to do a lot. I think Eddie Kingston adds to some of the drama on commentary as well. Yeah. You know, really, yeah, P- Penta says, boy, Penta's his best friend. And Phoenix is all just all right. Yeah. (laughs) And as soon as Phoenix rips the mask, Phoenix should be disqualified. (laughs) You know, like Eddie was so good. It's and then after the match, Pac comes out. It's kind of obvious we might be building to Penta and Eddie against Pac and Phoenix. I'm so excited about this match. If they build up to it, any, I mean, it's obvious Eddie Kingston's either the bravest man or the craziest man in wrestling. Cause he didn't even flinch when Pac came at him in the ring. I, I would have run. There'd just been a cloud of smoke, like a Scooby-Doo cartoon. You wouldn't have even seen much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, nothing but feet hitting the floor out the door, <laughs> but it was brave, you know, and I, I loved that. Loved it. And that the refs, like he was still willing to throw down and, I loved that. Loved the the whole thing. I can't wait to see where they go with this. I don't even know how long it's been since I've been this excited about Lucha content on American TV. I mean, it's been <laughs> since Lucha Underground that I it's felt been, like I've got to watch. i got to see this. And, yeah. It's been a hot minute for sure. Uh, but yeah, it was great to see that. I, I, uh, uh, man, I, I, I feel like we are gonna get the that pay per view match. Like January is a long way away, so I think we're going to get this tag team feud for a little bit, or maybe they're gonna build to this. We'll get that tag team match for a bigger TV show. Yeah, and, and then, then maybe singles at the pay per view. Yeah, right. Be amazing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm. What I'm thinking is that the this would because it's so far away. That gives them time yeah, to do the singles. They are one and one against each other in AEW. Penta as ten wins to Phoenix's seven. Period. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, that's they. They definitely need the tiebreaker match for AEW. We gotta, we gotta thank the uh, the guys, the guy at Lucha Blar that stat because he is the only person that has the career stats for yes. all the luchadors. Yes. <laughs> he is an invaluable resource in our research each week. Like, I don't know what I'd do without Lucha Blog. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. uh, AEW in general, they have really figured out the key to the Lucha thing lately, and they're doing it so intelligently and with such finesse and skill that I mean you know Penta and Phoenix went into it trying to steal the show last night but AEW also let it steal the show and I hope this opens the door for more Lucha Libre on TV I hope WWE sees it and throws more Lucha at us you know I mean I right I love and I love the hybridization of Lucha that AEW does they're not afraid to mix styles in a way that most 
wrestling companies, mm-hmm. you know, shy away from. So it'll be interesting and exciting to see what comes of all of that. And beyond Dark and Dynamite, we also had Full Gear this past yes. Saturday. Yes, how can we forget Full Gear? We had Sammy and uh, Matt Hardy at Full Gear. This was their third match, I believe. And we had that terrible match. Um, you know, Matt hit his head. Nobody was wanting to see the rematch. We felt the build was stunted. But they put on a surprisingly good match. And the thing, uh, Matt Hardy came back on Dynamite to kind of put over Sammy. Um yeah, what did you guys think of the match? I I enjoyed it. I thought it was uh because we needed an obvious conclusion and an end. We I did. thought it was a very yeah. good end to to them. I mean, obviously as a man who greatly enjoys Sammy Rivera's work, I really wanted him to to win the match, but I kind of knew he probably wasn't gonna. So, uh, it, it looked, it was for, for him losing, it was as good as it could be. That's, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and that's no knock on the match. No, no, no. I think, I think that, you know, we have seen this several times and we now also mm-hmm. live in a world where cinematic matches are now more frequent. Yeah. Much so more common. That too, I think. Uh, for this match was very appropriate and needed after their previous match, but because we've lived literally, we've had more cinematic matches this year than we've had ever. And you know, Matt Hardy did, you know, build the mold for that, but we've also seen him in this match for you know a few times. So there was yeah. a few different tests or twists and and differences between this and and some of his other cinematic matches. Mm-hmm. Um. And it was a good way to, I think, end this particular feud with with Sammy. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, Me I mean, too. Sam Sammy is actually a really good actor, and so He's I do. Great. I did think that yeah. this was also a good fit for him. But you know, what did it blow my mind? No, but I mean, did, yeah. did I think it was great? Yeah, it was. It was really solid, but it wasn't, you know, anything that you know kind of broke the internet or was oh my gosh exactly. must see right I but felt- i don't think that's what they needed this time i don't they i mean sure everybody always wants to steal the show but this just needed to be something solid to finish the feud and the cinematic element after the, mm-hmm. the concussion issue in the last match really allowed it to be a little more um, over the top and physical looking Without yes. really putting, without really putting, you know, and that's, that's kind of what I felt like they, they were needed to go for, so. And the subtleties of this match were amazing. Uh, you had, uh, Hurricane coming back, Hurricane Helms. <laughs> you had Gangrel. Um, you know, you had him, you had Senior Benjamin. You had Sammy show up in the golf cart at mm-hmm. the beginning. You know, like the whole thing, the little details were fantastic. Private party. You know, were there afterwards, and they, you know, put Sammy in the garbage can, threw it in the truck. You know, and Senior Benjamin drove away. It it was great. It wasn't like you say it wasn't the best cinematic match, but the details I thought for AEW were fantastic. It mm-hmm. called back to a lot of fun things. There were, uh, you know, that meme of Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the TV. I felt like there were several <laughs> of those moments for yeah. us as fans that were really interesting and exciting, but it did also seem like a good blow off for the feud Mm -hmm. and a good way to kind of hide Matt Hardy's 
injuries and weaknesses. It was a great yeah. match for me. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm still, I'm still really liking it. I'm, it's, I'll watch it after I watch the Penta Phoenix match. I'll probably go back and watch that again, but that's, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, I got to uh, finish the, <laughs> Yeah. There, there was a lot of great wrestling this week, especially with AEW. Like they, they really knew how to bring it, and they didn't do it just a little bit. They brought it completely in totos. Mm. And yeah, it was fantastic week. Mm-hmm. And both of you participated in the uh, full gear media call after yes. the show. Uh, so, I mean, was there any kind of exclusive news, anything that, that really stood out to you guys as you were in that media call? Cause I know sometimes, I mean, I remember that the last one, uh, that they did for, uh, All Out, I mean, uh, Tony Khan had high praise for, uh, you know, the, the Lucha Libre influence that was with the company, wanting to partner more with, uh, you know, with with other lucha companies um and so was there anything kind of similar to that or any kind of tidbits that that kind of piqued your interest yeah there there was actually that i was so i did a little bit of reading between the lines but yes there was uh very much a vibe this time of people asking about collaborations because they were mm-hmm. talking about the collaboration with the nwa they're yes. talking about uh, collaborations with that and every time that came up he was very gracious towards triple a and dorian uh so he very much sounds like he, he really wants was to, yeah yeah that. or at least you know i mean we've seen a lot more of the you know triple a mega campion you know like mm-hmm. they said that first yeah. when kenny came out and they're announcing all of his Mm-hmm. You know, thing. And I felt like that was a sign that they were trying to, you know, reach out. I thought that his attitude and just like Brendan said, between the lines, uh, the way he spoke about Dorian and AAA was very high praise. You could tell he thought a lot of the com- people in the company. And so it, I think that we're going to see more from them. You know, definitely a Triple Mania match whenever that happens. But hopefully we get a lot more in general. You know, the. Young Bucks have a history now, and AAA, the talent sharing could be huge, especially for some of the undercard guys to let Mm -hmm. some Mexican guys come up here and work, send some American guys down there after all this COVID's over and let them work. I I am really excited about the possibilities with AAA. Yeah, there's a lot of fantastic matchups that can happen. Once, Mm -hmm. Once we get a little more freedom to travel back and forth, but, you know... We're almost we're almost in that 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 headset. We can do that. We can think about it now, and it's, it doesn't seem like it's forever away. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting indeed. And and you know, AEW does seem to be uh, well. I mean, we've already seen what the collaboration has done for the NWA. And, uh, you know, really just to bring that internationally, um, it seems like even working with Mexico promotions could be a much safer bet than, say, almost the pie in the sky of New Japan. Um, I I feel like that still is is 
feeling like worlds away where it may make more sense now and the presence that they have with luchadors on the roster already so uh that's mm-hmm. very yeah it seems to you know they're playing they're they're playing coy maybe they're not showing all their cards but um i'm, I'm sure you know they're looking into it and it, there's also the factor of not really knowing when things will go back to say you know a regular capacity or when they'll be able to travel again. So there's a lot of those unknowns too, that seems yeah. to have an impact on, you know, future decisions. Yeah. I, I feel like that's probably the biggest reason that you would keep your cards close to the chest on this right now. Cause if you promise a big to do with AAA and then everybody has to go back into lockdown over the two weeks, the event's supposed to happen, then what do you got? Just a bunch of disappointed people and nobody yeah. wants that. Yeah. Well, a big thank you to AEW for having uh the Lucha Central uh staff Absolutely. there. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, with, it was exciting. With, uh Pep Carrera was also there too, so yes, yeah. Yes, yes. And a summary of the media call is available on luchacentral.com as well as the results for all of AEW, Full Gear, Dynamite, Dark, you can find that at LuchaCentral.com. And as well as the WWE content that Dusty mentioned earlier, that is available on LuchaCentral.com. And uh-huh. you also want to know what else is available on LuchaCentral.com? Well, the results from this week's NXT. And this week's show, I mean, this week's show was definitely highlighted by Johnny Gargano losing the North American Championship. Yeah, after big surprise, that, yeah. Uh, to, uh, you know, to, uh, gosh, I can't even remember his name, Leon. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Leon Ruff. Leon Ruff, yes. Ruff, yes. yeah. To Leon Ruff, so that is not lucha related, but it is is just fun to watch. Oh, it was uh, so cool. That's how you build a new star, too. That's like, how you that build was, a new star, and it, you know, Damian Priest. Like yeah. yeah, and Damian oh. Priest was involved. It seems like Damian mm-hmm. Priest is is you know maybe Leon's biggest fan, and that's part <laughs> of the plan. Is you know and, who may yeah. be the contender? Oh, it could be Damian Priest who then beats Leon, and I don't know a second. To regain the North American title. So uh, if that happens, not surprised by anything that is what happens. Uh, but uh, the second match after that was uh, Jake Atlas versus Santos Escobar for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Oh, so good. So good. And this actually started earlier in the day when Jake Atlas asked the camera crew to follow him. Um, and, you know, he was playing kind of coy, but what he was doing is he was in his car waiting for Legado de Fantasma to come out of the building, and he attacked them with a pipe, with a steel pipe, um, and pretty much Jake was, was egging Santos on, mm-hmm. and uh, asking... both him, Wild and Mendoza, the parking yes, lot. Yes, yeah. he them. Um, really, Joaquin Wild got the worst of it, but... Uh, sure enough, Santos Escobar, uh, I wouldn't say caved in, but accepted the challenge. And that's how we got to the match, uh, that night. And, you know, I, I really liked this match for me. Again, the storytelling is what I noticed more. And, mm-hmm. uh, this one really did show how Jake Atlas was trying to, uh, really outmaneuver not only Santos, but Legado de Fantasma as mm-hmm. a trio. Um, yes. So 
you know, at the beginning of the match, Santos did strike first. Um, they, they ran the ropes a little bit and then Atlas, uh, nailed a drop kick. Uh, after that, um, you know, that sent Escobar outside of the ring, which is usually a safe zone, but Jake Atlas brought him back in. Um, and then from there, you had a lot of back and forth between Escobar and, and Atlas, uh, through this first part of the match to the point where Atlas then uh, really beat Escobar into the corner. And that's when things got interesting because once that was happening, uh, Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza uh, come up and try to utilize that numbers game on Jake Atlas. Uh, and they have a steel pipe of their own. However, Atlas fights back uh, and ends up taking the steel pipe from them and attacks all of them, um, and he ended up uh, taking the fight outside of the ring, but being able to come back in, uh, landed a really good blockbuster, um, and went for the pin, but Escobar kicked out, uh, and then really, again, Legado uh, de Fantasma retreat, they all go outside of the ring, um, and, and kind of regroup, um, however, from that though, the, the shenanigans still continue to the point where the referee throws out Wa- Joaquin and Raul, uh, out of ringside. So you truly then get a one-on-one between Santos and Jake Atlas. The aggression in Jake was really, really outstanding. Even though, uh, Santos, you know, still had control for a, a good portion of the match, you really tried, I mean, Jake came at this, you know, with, at every angle that he mm-hmm. could. And he was just, so aggressive. Yeah, yeah. He was so aggressive, but also between the, the lead pipe, uh, and, and the issues with the, with Joaquin, uh, and Raul, and, you know, just trying to leverage what he could throughout the, the, the rest of the match. Um, at one point you think, you know, he's going to win because you know all of the the factors that usually play a role in Escobar retaining well they were out however um at the end of the match um Atlas was trying to go uh he went to the top rope for a cartwheel DDT um however Escobar blocked it and ended up uh, nailing um his finishing maneuver um for for the pin and to retain so um the match yeah. itself was very interesting and and I think really um a really great pace really I like I said I thought Jake had had figured it out I think he he had all the key he elements came- yeah, he came as close as anybody could. Yes. Just to your point, he he neutralized that outside game where Legato de Fantasma is untouchable, and then he uh, he tried to wrestle Santos in the middle of the ring. Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> the Santos Escobar is still a world class wrestler, so mm-hmm. that is yeah, uh, he was just yeah. too much yeah. for him. Yeah, and again, they both. I mean, Atlas is a West Coast product, and so very familiar yes. with lucha libre style. Escobar, I mean, uh, is yeah. lucha libre, so that was something that was played up in commentary uh, mm-hmm. a lot as well, and and really how he's just a world class luchador. So it does seem uh, like this is the end, though, of the program between Jake Atlas and uh, Santos Escobar. I just wanna, because while I was researching another story, I want to bring this up, Atlas. Uh, is still listed as an instructor at the Santino Brothers Academy. Mm. So he is very definitely 
very lucha oriented if he's hanging out at the Santino Brothers Academy. We talked about this, I believe, last week, yeah. where they have they have a strong lucha teaching there. It's not just right. that he went to the West Coast; he's in the middle of a school. So that I, that's why I was looking forward to this match even more when <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very true. So we will see what happens next. It is very possible that they continue this, but Santos got the clean pin. So it does leave, you know, fans to question what is what is next. But I think they've Mm -hmm. done a great job with this program and Jake Atlas. I think that he's looked fantastic throughout this. And that still looks amazing as a trio, even though Jake tried to one up them um, through some of his tactics. I mean, they still are a, a strong trio. So it will be very interesting to see what comes uh through for for Legado next. Um another interesting thing that happened was we were supposed to get Zaya Lee versus Raquel Gonzalez. Yes. However, oh, I love this so much. Zayali's <laughs> uh, associate Boa came out and explained that there was not going to be a match tonight. Um and Raquel Gonzalez did not take too kindly to that. And oh. ended up just living, beating the living lights out of them. <laughs> uh, oh, which I love. So I love. Yeah. She had is, him up for a delayed suplex. I mean, like, that, you name that it. She, slam bomb, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Just very, I, I loved this session. And Raquel is the perfect person to do this. Oh, yeah. So I, you know, it, <laughs> You know, I, I'm still trying to figure out what is this Zaya Lee storyline coming yeah. to, you know, uh, then, in, you know, Boa gets beat up and uh, another gentleman comes out to hand him a letter and leaves this mark on him that freaks him out. So there's definitely something that they're doing there. But uh, again, this was, I think, a great utilization uh-huh. of um, uh, of Raquel Gonzalez. I, I mean, brute I, strength. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Predictable. Yes. I, that, uh, that one-armed power. I loved ball. it so. Uh huh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And 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 Boa is not a small guy. So no. Let's, no. He's yeah. a grown man. He's a grown man <laughs> that got beat up by a grown woman. Yeah, she's and, a legit badass. Yeah. So there's no shame in that. And yes. that's like I wouldn't be ashamed. I'd be like, yeah, the better man won. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that is that is a hundred percent why I loved this because uh, typically anything in the WWE shies away from the intergender stuff at all and letting letting Raquel go to cut loose on on a, a legitimate talent like he's you know yeah. he's not a slouch no um, they and just having her work him over just was magical it really put her at another level and I I I'm all on board with that I it, it makes it so that we don't have we have some more build up to the Shia Lee match yeah. We have we still have time to look forward to a a a, a rematch with uh why did her name just shoot out of my head oh, with uh, Rhea Ripley with Rhea Ripley yeah. uh, and uh, yeah well that's the match a lot of us want but we got to get back there so like <laughs> make, making her look good and powerful makes people hungry for that match again so I was just so excited to see that like mm-hmm. uh, as much as i loved the the legato de fantasma match coming out of that the thing that i was buzzing about was this three minute spot right there that was uh, it just chills watching that and i'm just so excited 
Uh, we also had uh, a really more, not I wouldn't say sentimental, but a more intense segment from Shotzi Blackheart uh, calling out Candice LeRae, who ran over her tank last week. Um, Shotzi explained how the tank, how important it was to her and how it was uh, also a symbol of her, of her brother's service. Um, we did see Shotzi Blackheart versus Candice LeRae in a match. However, the big reveal here was that, uh, we did find out who was behind, uh, the ghost face killer mask, yes. which is Indy Hartwell, who, you know, isn't that surprising. Um, right. I mean, it's kind of surprising because in the sense that when when we first saw this person in a mask, it was obviously a dude. Yeah. Um, and now 100%. it's not a dude. So that's fine. Uh, but it's it, tall, though. Yeah. I mean, I feel like she's taller than the actual person that was in that mask. I think she is. Yeah. Because it yeah. was like Gargano size. They want us to yeah. come to think it was Gargano, you yeah. know. And yeah. So and anyways, we. I mean, uh you know, Candice LeRae continuing with uh, her her tactics and, and Shotzi having a loss. But it seems like we're going to continue this program with Shotzi versus Candice LeRae. And I think it's great for Shotzi. I mean, she is super. She's just a great mm-hmm. baby face. She is and so, so good. these types of, of matches for her and programs are only going to help, you know, fans just get to love her even more. And I think fans do truly like her and love her. And so um, the more programs that she's in, she's going to just continue to get um just that that fandom built up so uh overall great episode of nxt however hold on (laughs) (laughs) i was still part it's some news coming out uh of uh, the nxt roster and this is more mainly on social media speculation but karrion cross is teasing a return um to uh, WWE. I mean, he, he was injured, um, earlier this, this fall, uh, right after he won the NXT championship. Um, he's been recovering since, but both him, um, and Scarlett have been teasing his return. Yeah. Uh, we thought that, you know, NXT was going to reveal possibly his return, uh, this week, but it was Finn Balor's return that they announced. So, uh, you know, this could be Karrion Cross just, you know, putting that out there himself, um, with no confirmation from WWE, or this could also be a story. Who knows? But, um, Karrion seems to be fairly adamant that he's coming to the ring sooner than maybe a lot of fans expected. I look forward to it. Yes, I would not be mad at a Finn Balor carrying cross program. Not oh, one bit. No. Yeah, nope. that's that's money in the bank. Well, no be, pun intended, but yeah, <laughs> I mean like I would I I would yeah. spend money to see that kind of match. That's I exciting a, to me. I was about to Sorry. say I'd be mad at all the money that I spent trying to get get that match. Like what do I need to do? What do, yeah, I what do we need to do to get this match, NXT? <laughs> That's that's the only way I'd be mad because I'd be broke, but I'd be happy. <laughs> Isn't that really what it is? Happiness <laughs> that matters. Uh, so up next, though, we're going to be jumping into MLW. The restart is happening next week, November 18th. So by the time we record this show next week, we will have some fresh MLW matches uh, to review and to talk about. However, this week, MLW continues to announce names for the restart. One of the notable names that they announced is TJP. 
and this is very interesting because he is currently working with Impact Wrestling, which we will talk about a little bit later on. Uh, but also, I mean, someone who seems to blend in very well with uh, the MLW roster. I mean, they really do have a diverse group mm-hmm. of uh, wrestlers from brawlers to luchadors to strong mm-hmm. style to everything. So um, I, I think it's only going to up the fantastic quality of matches that we will be seeing with MLW. Um, but I mean, yeah, they continue to stack, you know, uh, their roster up and really announce some great names for the restart. Yeah, I, I'm, we've talked about it. I'm super excited about MLW's, uh, constant use of that. They named their show Fusion because they were fusing all the styles together. They're putting, uh, they're putting Luchadoras front and center in this, this restart brand. So, you know, there's going to be something good there. Yeah. You can look forward to us talking about MLW stuff for all the weeks to come. Uh, it's on Wednesday. It's uh, on YouTube. So yeah. it may be. A little hard for some people to catch it, but uh, we will always have results for you if you uh, yes. if you need the need the the little tip on on what's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Yes, and we will conquer and divide. So that's that's our mission <laughs> as part of this trio. We will watch all of the wrestling and lucha for you. You could come back here and get all of your news but uh and you know the replay will be happening on saturdays on bn sports if you're already too busy on wednesdays but again it's going to be on youtube so that's a really big plus if you don't have uh access to either usa or tnt um you can watch mlw for free on youtube heck yeah that's how i'm gonna do it Yes, and the restart again begins next Wednesday, November 18th, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, so make sure you check it out. And up next, though, Dusty has some AAA news to share. Yeah, we had a lot of exciting news in AAA this week, a couple of big announcements. The first announcement was uh, Eodil Bikingo. He's, you know, on his way back. His, you know, taking a year off to spend time with his baby, apparently, was just a story. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, it's looking less He's and less. He said it in an uh, interview. I, what yeah. else can I do? No, you yeah. just literally no. from, from straight the man's mouth. But he spent enough time with the baby. Yeah. Like, let's be real. The baby's fine. He's like, okay, the baby's great. Let's go back to Lucha. Yeah, let's get back to wrestling. He's already back to training. Says he wants to appear at Triple Mania. So hopefully, you know, it. Hasn't been a whole lot of time off, so hopefully it's not enough that he can't shake off the rust and see us at Triple Mania. You know, we all love Io Del Vikingo. Like, that's our guy. And so anything that brings him to the ring and onto my TV is something that I will support. So I'm excited about this. And then AAA also released a teaser video this week for the Marvel Lucha Libre character Leyenda America, based on Captain America. Again, he's a, a face, a technico, which is kind of unusual for an American hero like Captain America in Mexico. So it's exciting to see what will play out for that story-wise. It's pretty safe to assume that we'll get one of these video vignettes for all four debuting characters. And as of yet, it's unknown who's wrestling under the mask or if they'll continue to stay unknown in the tradition of masked wrestlers. 
guessing from what we see in the video, like trying to guess who they are, will not help because Cubs fan is reporting that it's extremely unlikely that whoever's under the masks will be related to who wrestles under the mask. You know, that they've got one person for the video, another will be in the ring. So that's kind of exciting. The believe date for Triple Mania is roughly three weeks away from this weekend, but it kind of seems yeah. a little unlikely with a crowd, especially if they want to do a crowd in Arena Mexico City. So, um, yeah, this is where that the Mexico City being orange comes in, because yeah. it, in order to get to green, which is what they would need to have a full capacity show, they need to be at yellow for three weeks uh, for three sessions. And it's every other week is when they estimate at this point. So. They had to be, they had to go to yellow last Friday in order to, to potentially be at green. So the best they can do at this point is yellow for that December 5th date. Yeah. And it, like I say, it's looking more and more unlikely all the time. Um, I would love to see them get it together. I don't think that Triple Mania necessarily needs fans. You know, we had, uh, WrestleMania with no fans. We had SummerSlam with yeah. no fans. Mm-hmm. We had so many different events, you know, and we had the Anniversario show. So, like, I, you know, don't know that we necessarily need fans for Triple Mania to happen as long as they bring the matches. But Triple A's kind of dynamic is run on live shows. That's where they make their money. They don't make money on TV. And so it's kind of interesting. And they've said they don't want to have it without fans. So Mm -hmm. that's the big one is there. Even though you and I are like, no, that's fine. We would love to see triple triple mania with no fans. (laughs) We can, you can totally make it rock like the there. They want fans. And um, it sounds like they even want more fans than they can get at the auto luchas which would have was what I was thinking would be a great compromise, but yeah, that's what I thought too. I kind of thought that might be where it was headed was an auto luchas triple mania, you know, or some yeah. kind of outdoor triple mania, but they seem pretty set to yeah. have it in the usual venue. So we'll see what happens. We've got a few weeks before. So I expect uh, that they're, if they're because they know they can't get to green, they're going, they're making a lot of, they're having a lot of meetings right now and we'll probably hear a major announcement in the next week or two. That's, that's exactly uh, what I was expecting. Yeah. Sometime in the middle of next week, I think we'll probably. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of events that are happening in early December, switching from Mexico over to Japan, we got new Japan news. And the Super J Cup, we had the opening round matches announced. Clark Carners versus Chris Bay. ACH versus TJP. Ray Orders versus Blake Christian. And El Fantasmo versus Leo Rush. This year's Super J Cup is a single elimination eight-man tournament. It's going to take place live on December 12th, streaming on New Japan World. And New Japan has also announced the first round matchups for uh, the best of the Super Juniors. And an additional Super J-Cup news, there will be a non-tournament match featuring Carl, featuring Carl Fredericks and Ren Narita versus Kenta and Hikuleo. So big card there. And in even uh-huh. bigger news, we had more exciting New Japan news at Power Struggle. 
Tetsuya Naito. I always called him Naito. Hopefully I didn't butcher his first name too badly. He won both championships from Evil at Power Struggle on November 7th. Yeah. Uh, he's the leader of Los Ingobernables de Japón. Um, he set up a title match between Naito and Kota Ibushi on the first night of Wrestle Kingdom 2021. But this sets up an interesting scenario. We know Dragon Lee was recently in Tokyo and had to go home. And Drade and Rush are having contract expirations. And I think we need to keep an eye on the Ingobernables. Rumors, you know, that going around that they all have an interest in Japan. Rush was kind of previously against Japan, but I guess he's opening his eyes to it simply from a financial standpoint because they can throw crazy amounts of money at them compared to what they've been getting. At least that's the rumor. And so we, you know, may see some really exciting lucha action. Hopefully we get an Ingobernables run in at Wrestle Kingdom. Like I would be so excited I, for that. Oh yeah. man. That that um, would that would just make my my year at that point. Uh, and so you know, a lot of exciting news for lucha fans on many international fronts, and hopefully it kind of you know snowballs, and we pick up with more news every week. Yeah, I'm hoping. Yeah, it, it does seem like things are starting to, to come together, even little by little. So, uh, And you can find all that news here on the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. And also what you can find on the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is This Week in Lucha Libre History. Heck yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's, you know, it's time. It's time for This Week in Lucha Libre History. Be sure to check in at LuchaCentral.com every single day. We have This Day in Lucha Libre by Pep Carrera. And there's information, there's birth dates, there's anniversaries, there's Match of the Day videos, there's historical videos, everything, anything you could want. And it's all about Lucha Libre. And that's at LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. This week, we're kind of doing a special version of This Week in Lucha Libre that's being dedicated to Eddie Guerrero. He passed away 15 years ago this week at the age of 38. If you've paid attention, you know we all love Eddie, and we were kind of building to this each week. Eddie passed away. He had notoriously had issues with drugs and alcohol earlier in his career. Those were kind of the rumors, but he was in his fourth year of sobriety when he passed away from a previously undiagnosed heart condition. And he passed away in Minneapolis, Minnesota on November 13th, 2005. He got started in the business early. He's Gory Guerrero's son, and Gory booked the El Paso territory. So he knew a lot of wrestlers, was wrestling his whole life. He wrestled the collegiate style in school. He got a scholarship to New Mexico Highlands University and went to school there on wrestling style or collegiate style wrestling. And then he went on to study Lucha Libre in Mexico. He spent his first five years in the business with Conseo Mundial de Lucha Libre, CMLL, and he was under the mask as Mascara Magica before leaving to join AAA at its founding in 1992. Eddie spent two years with the company where he became one of the most hated tag teams in Lucha Libre history as <laughs> part one half of the La Paria del Terror alongside Art Bar. 
In 93, he started his legendary run as Black Tiger 2 for New Japan Wrestling, and then later appeared in ECW before signing to WCW, as many AAA talents had. His matches with Rey Mysterio and Chris Benoit throughout the world had started to become legendary, and Eddie was, you know, kind of being held down in WCW. So he teamed up with Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, and Perry Saturn. They jumped ship to WWE in January 2000. He almost immediately teamed with his Mama Sita China for a run as a European champion. This was the run where he had his famous entrance at Backlash, arriving in the 57 Chevy, and he went ahead and wrestled in his tuxedo pants and bow tie. If you haven't seen that, you've absolutely got to check out that match. In late November 2001, Eddie would leave WWE due to his substance abuse issues, but it was kind of an awakening call as soon as he was, you know, let go from WWE, and he immediately started cleaning up. He showed up to wrestle in New Japan. He showed up in Australia to wrestle for WWA. He had the famous IWA title match, three-way against Rey Mysterio and CM Punk. He was all over the Indian international scene, kind of rebuilt his reputation and his name extremely rapidly. And then he was soon back in the WWE. He formed Los Guerreros with his nephew Chavo. After a couple of years, Eddie was back to being a singles competitor. And finally, in February 2004, he beat Brock freaking Lesnar at No Way Out, and Eddie became the WWE champion. He had an incredible and memorable six-month run until he lost to Kurt Angle at SummerSlam 2004. And after this, that's when he had what's probably his most memorable storyline, the paternity of Dominic Mysterio. I mean, he it was amazing if you were there. It carried on for a while. Eddie finally lost to Ray in a ladder match over Dominic's custody, but then he beat Ray to win the feud in a steel cage match on SmackDown. He wrestled his last match on the November 11th SmackDown, defeating Mr. Kennedy by disqualification, using his signature lie, cheat, and steal tactics, which allowed him to advance to the SmackDown Survivor Series team. He was scheduled to win a triple threat title match for the World Heavyweight title on SmackDown at the time of his death. Eddie wrestled pretty much everybody who was important at the time and went on to become important, and he influenced pretty much everybody who's now important. And he's generally just regarded as one of the greatest ring performers of all time, and his loss is still felt today. We still see Vicky Guerrero in AEW. Uh, we see Shul Guerrero also in AEW. So it's really cool to see the continuation. We see a lot of people. Rey Mysterio does the frog splash. Montez Ford does the frog splash. Sasha Banks has been extremely vocal about Eddie's influence on her wrestling style. Bailey has been vocal about Eddie's influence. He's more important to Lucha Libre and wrestling than we can state in this little short amount of time. But do yourself a favor if you haven't check out everything you can on Eddie Guerrero. He's one of the strongest legends in our sport. Uh, Brendan, you had talk about a specific Eddie Guerrero match this week. Well, so yeah, we this week was kind of, kind of the payoff from of our previous weeks. Uh, this was the return match from the uh, Halloween Havoc match. Uh, so this week I'm going to do it formally. I'm going to do it the, the way we're supposed to. Uh, <laughs> The way we all agreed on this week and uh, this week I chose November 10th, 1997, where Eddie Guerrero won the WCW Cruiserweight Championship for the second time 
after beating Rey Mysterio at a, a taping of WCW Monday Nitro in the Mid South Coliseum. Uh, as I mentioned previously, this was the this was the rematch. We had talked about the we talked we alluded to this before when we were talking about the Halloween Havoc match. Uh, this picked up right where that left off. Um, they they uh, the clip that I was given of this, there was no there was no hesitation. They just started and they started with that explosive speed and they just went into it. It was uh, just under seven minutes total, but you did not feel like you were cheated out of a match. You you felt like you got a good match. You got a lot of things going on with this. Rey Mysterio was in charge for most of the match. He was doing a lot of innovative high-flying offense. He was flying all around the ring. Eddie uh, got got a little bit of an edge after at near the end and was was able to uh, to to hit a cradle and and hit the, and win the championship. And uh, rewatching this, I re- recaptured the exact same emotion that I had before, where I was watching this going, this is great, this is great, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this is going to play out, and then instead of getting like a long Eddie Guerrero build back up, he just quickly wins it, and and you're just kind of stunned, uh, which was... I. I fantastic so like i used to think this was bad storytelling but the more i looked at it the more i'm like no we've seen the big long matches we've seen the epic things they did Uh he he the way to get the the crowd reinvested in that is to just have like ray taking over and being in charge and then just having eddie win he didn't even cheat he just (laughs) kind of got a got a good move in and won and that yeah so you you uh you wanted to see more of that match, but at the same time you were satisfied with with that win, and you you wanted the rematch at some point, which I don't believe we ever got. But uh, um, you know you you know we uh, it I, it was it was uh, surprisingly good storytelling for for uh, what I for what I remembered. Like I'm not gonna WCW wasn't doing bad stories at the time. It just no, no, that I was remember when they that. were at their yeah. peak. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this was when Nitro was much wa- must-watch TV, and these guys were part of the reason. Like, you couldn't miss yeah. the beginning because you had to see the cruiserweights. Mm-hmm. You had yeah. to. Like, yeah, no, no, like I said before, this was the part where I was in the room watching while everybody else was out getting snacks, and uh, <laughs> I, which, again led to me being disappointed because I couldn't even express to my friends how upset I was that Rey Mysterio <laughs> lost the title <laughs> and then never really got that rematch. I do remember that it did because they, uh, Eddie moved on to a different feud really mm-hmm. quickly. And they but, never, yeah, they never yeah. wrestled against each other for the cruiserweight title again. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty wild. They, they did. I mean, I don't, I don't think they even worked. A, they they worked a bit more programming, but it wasn't. They didn't do uh, a lot more one on one in WCW. It wasn't. No, really. they were mostly affiliated and teamed up by that point. Yeah. LWO and Filthy Animals. And... Exactly. And they're still on the opposite side of that story a lot, but uh, yeah, no, it was. So uh, I saw that, and I wanted to 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 talk about that since um, Miranda and I had talked about it before. And mm-hmm. speaking of that, Miranda, what do you got for us this week? 
Yes. So I picked uh, November 14th, 2005, and that's when WWE held the Raw Eddie Guerrero tribute show um, at the Target Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, and during this show, the main event was John Cena defeating Randy Orton. And, uh, that, you know, leaves in my mind because that is, you know, that iconic image at the end of the show, um, when John Cena took off his shirt, uh, everyone that night was wearing, um, the I'm your poppy, uh, Eddie Guerrero yes. shirt. And so he was mm-hmm. wearing that and he took that shirt off. Um, and put it in the middle of the ring. Um, he was WWE champion at the time and left the title, um, uh, on top of the shirt in the middle of the ring and left it in the ring. And that's yeah. one of the most iconic moments of the entire show. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it really is. I-, I picked this because for me personally, it was, um, uh, this was the show that brought me back to wrestling for quite some time. I grew up watching this in the 90s and the late 90s and uh ended up having kind of just a break from wrestling um because I was in high school and it, it wasn't interesting to me anymore. Um so I was in my early year of college, my first year of college actually when the news broke. Um it was really Monday morning when I first found out about it and it shook me because I remember watching Ed- on, on WCW um, and even some of the, the time that he spent in WWE and for me it was that moment of you know when when someone you watch growing up passes away it brings back and floods back so many memories and thoughts and I knew I needed to watch that show I knew I needed to watch that memorial show and so I did and just seeing everyone um, up uh, on the top of the ramp at the beginning of the show, the Ten Bell salute, uh, everything. It just yeah. was very emotional uh, as a fan to see that because really the last time I remember seeing something like that was when Owen passed away. And that, yeah. Yeah. as a kid, I remember clearly and distinctly. But, you know, it was something you just knew that you were almost in some odd way watching history, watching mm-hmm. something you don't think you would really ever see again and knowing that – you know, the whole show that night was going to be dedicated to to Eddie and the tributes and everything. I, I just I really wanted to show my respect uh, to him and to the wrestlers and just to 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 wrestling. And it brought back so many memories as to why I loved wrestling as a kid and why it was so important to me. And it wasn't just, you know, the funny stuff. It was the great matches. It was the heart and soul that you saw project through that screen. And it just, it really rehooked me again to the point where I don't think I'd be here today doing this if it wasn't for that moment in time that reconnected me to wrestling. Um, so the, the show itself, you know, um, now that we look back at it, wasn't anything super memorable as far as some of the matches. Um, we did have Simon Dean, uh, being defeated by Eugene, uh, Ric Flair defeating William Regal, which too is kind of strange to think about Will, you know, yeah. Flair in a, in a ring like that. Um, oh, Melina won a Divas Battle Royale after defeating, uh, Jillian Hall, Christy Hemi, uh, Candice Michelle, uh, Maria, Mickey James, Trisha Stratus, and Ashley Massaro, which that too is very 
interesting to think about the divas division versus the women's division now and mm-hmm. even having people like mickey james and trish stratus in there um you know still still legends and, and still uh very their their names just resonate with you but um that that was part of the show kurt angle defeating shelton benjamin ray mysterio of course uh, on the show defeating Shawn michaels and and how emotional that was and kane and big show defeating johnny nitro and joey mercury so the show itself you really don't remember the matches and it really wasn't about the matches but it was just about everyone having the opportunity to share their thoughts their their feelings you know all, all of that and um for again for me personally it was a huge moment that brought me back to wrestling as a fan and you know it's it's almost a sadness that's associated you don't want that to be the reason you know you want it to be a great match you want it to be a funny promo you want it to you know something that breaks the internet not not someone's death but i do think that as as dusty mentioned too his influence was felt it has been felt throughout the wrestling mm-hmm. world. Yeah. It cannot be understated. He might yeah. be one of the most influential modern wrestlers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's very Absolutely. safe to say. And, yeah. uh, and your, your point about that, ma- that being historic, like I had a similar experience. I had friends who had not been watching wrestling. Um, and I told them about that and we all got together and watched that show mm-hmm. Like I was the only one regularly watching the product at that point, and but I had a room full of people who needed to see that show because they all knew that something that was something special. So yeah. mm-hmm. it it really was, and and ultimately too, I mean, not only the influence it it has its place in wrestling history. You know, we we know what happened with Chris Benoit after that, and that yeah. being a catalyst. I mean, that yeah. itself. Uh, but also just the positive influence he had on on other wrestlers uh, to this day. Mm-hmm. And Everybody so like, that knew Eddie had mm-hmm. something amazing to say about him. You never hear anything bad about Eddie. Everybody loved Eddie. And, and that influence and that camaraderie and the influence that he had over not just the people that were coming up in the next generation, but over his peers is incredible. Most people don't enjoy that in their lifetime. Yes. And, you know, as we were discussing this earlier in the week, I I say, you know, speaking of memes, I've seen this meme pretty frequently. And there's two uh, people, it seems like in especially Mexican culture, but I think in Latino (laughs) culture that you you do not mess with and, 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 you know, are idols. And that's Selena. And And, and I feel that's true. That's that's why the whole Ray. Randy Orton angle left such a bad taste in my mouth to to this day. I don't really care for Randy Orton. And that's like, yes, I feel the same way. That is, that is years gone. And it, and I understand, you know, everyone got the permission and he was doing his job. But the fact that to this day, I do not like Randy Orton because of what he did. And, you know, the, the way that he insulted Eddie's legacy, legacy, never will I forgive him. Never. Ever will I forgive him for that? And it so, felt so personal. It just yeah. did because yeah. ultimately that that is that is just what happens in in, in Latin culture too. You honor those who pass away, and and it, yeah. it's they're, they're, you you don't speak ill of the dead. Like that is just that is just a fact. You just do not do it. And the fact that you know how beloved he he 
is and was, especially at that time and how fresh it was. Whoo, it still, it still, it still works me, still works me sometimes. But, you know, at the same time, I mean, I believe it when they said that he probably would have approved it. He probably, you know, was on board with that. Uh, You know? Well, yeah. I don't know. So, but it's still, to me, it's different. If he'd been around to approve it, that's one thing. But he, he wasn't. Exactly. I'm I'm so That's why. That's why it's still, you know. But, you know what? That that's all right, and I, I I do think again this was a very cool opportunity for us as as our own trio to discuss different points of Eddie's life and celebration of his life and the impact that he had uh, on pro wrestling and lucha libre, the influence that is still felt to this day mm-hmm. and will be felt for for the existence of of wrestling. For as long as pro wrestling exists, as long as Lucha Libre exists, Eddie's legacy and his his career is going to be remembered. And that's it's a beautiful thing. So I'm, I'm glad we got to do this as, uh, you know, our this week in Lucha Libre history. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Special. So on top of this day in Lucha Libre history, which you can find on LuchaCentral.com, there's some other amazing things that you can find on LuchaCentral.com. Brendan, why don't you tell us a little bit more? Um, All right. So if you're listening to this and you haven't been to LuchaCentral.com after we've done all of this mentioning of it, It's time to do it. Mm -hmm. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre where you can get all the top news in English and in Spanish, uh, which is how I'm learning my Spanish right now. (laughs) Find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. It's a place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards seen and read by top executives and all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And, uh, guys, it's free. So you really should go there. LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. Now, we've talked about uh, this individual several times already on tonight's podcast, and we're going to do it one more time because we're going to be doing a review of Impact Wrestling. Um, this week on Impact on Access TV, Rohit Raju defended the X Division Championship against TJP. And this was, I guess you can call it a Puestas match because this also had a stipulation writing on it that if TJP did not win, he was not going to challenge Rohit Raju for the X Division Championship again. And sure enough, Rohit Raju won, still with, with some trickery up his sleeve. Um, and so TJP will no longer be able to challenge Rohit Raju for the X Division Championship. Um, the match itself was very entertaining. Again, Rohit Raju is is very talented. He's a great wrestler. Um, and so that, though, mm-hmm. does seem to fall to death's ears when, you know, he keeps cheating to win. However, yeah. you know, this was a stipulation that TJP had set himself up uh, the week prior. So um, now we were no longer see TJP in the X Division title picture. However, we were joking, you know, look. 
TJP may not be in the title picture. However, you know, that could mean someone else <laughs> that TJP is associated with or is Perhaps. known to, to, yeah. to, you know, maybe talk to or dress as, i.e. suicide may be eligible for this because, well, why not? You know, suicide yeah. not that long. So, um, you know, who knows? But that that's exciting. That too. I, I love could be that idea. A way to write off TJP for a while, as we've noted, you know, he's he's going to be seen um, in New Japan. He's going to be seen on MLW. So maybe he is actually going to be taking a break from Impact for a little bit. You know, it's it's been well known that um, those, you know, working for Impact do have flexibility to work with other promotions um, at this big scale. It hasn't been done. The only other person we see, you know, Chris Bay. As part of New Japan's tournament, so mm-hmm. um, that's really the only mm-hmm. other name on on Impact's roster um, with with that big presence. But you know, you'll continue to see TJP on, on your television sets for quite some time. But um, at least for now, he's not going to be challenging for the X Division title. I'm hoping we'll get to see Manic. Yeah, you yes. know, yeah, yeah, like I mean, you don't, you don't know. I mean, maybe he works on trying to get the title off of Rohit, so that way he has a, a shot again. Who knows? Yeah, where this it could go so go. many ways, and that's the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Now, also happening uh, this Saturday, Impact Wrestling presents Turning Point, that exclusive, uh, that is exclusive on the Impact Plus app. And on there, it's a full card uh, that's actually very interesting, I, I think. Um, and I'll go over a few matches, but a, a few for sure that if you are a Lucha fan, you'll want to watch. Of course, as we've been talking about the X Division, we're going to have another Defeat Rohit Challenge, um, which is an open challenge that he lays out. So, again, that's maybe where Manic comes in, maybe Suicide. Who knows who's going to come out? Um but we will see. Um, Eddie Edwards versus Davari, uh, Brian Myers versus Swoggle in, in a match, which is fairly interesting. Um, the North versus the Good Brothers for the Impact Tag Team Championships. Uh, Sue Young versus Deanna Perrazzo in a no DQ match for the Knockouts Championship. Uh, Rich Swan versus Sammy Callahan for the Impact World Championship. And Team Triple XL versus Chris Saban and James Storm um, in a tag match. But if you are a Lucha fan, these are two matches you may want to keep an eye out for. Uh, first off is Moose is going to be facing Willie Mack. Uh, Moose has had a change in demeanor since his uh, he uh, beat EC3 at Bound for Glory. And he's been taking it out on uh, Willie Mack. And, you know, Willie Mack, though, he does not play. Uh, so he's no. been up for the challenge for Moose. Um, so this is, I, I'm, you know, two big men who are also really athletic and agile. Like, ooh, that's, that's going to be fairly interesting to, to watch. Um, and again, Willie Mack has, I have not seen him had a bad match with anybody on the Impact roster. So uh, I foresee this being something that that fans will enjoy. And also in tag team action, we have the team of Rosemary and Ty Valkyrie versus Tennille Dashwood and Jordan Grace. So this is a little bit of a teaser for the knockouts. 
uh, championship tournament that's going to be starting fairly soon. Uh, Taya and Rosemary, of course you knew it's going to be a, a tag team. However, Tennille Dashwood and Jordan Grace is kind of a newer team. Um, just, just put together this past week. So. Um, Ty and Rosemary work so well together. Their dynamic is really fun to watch on TV. Yeah. And, and it translates very well in the ring. So, uh, and again, the, uh, the women's, the knockouts tag team, t- uh, title tournament will be starting soon, I believe next week on Impact on Access TV, leading up to, uh, the finals happening at Turning Point. I'm not Turning Point. That, that's what's Saturday at Hard to Kill, um, in January. So, uh, keep an eye out. I could first see Ty and Rosemary really progressing far in, in the knockouts tag team tournament absolutely and also a quick plug uh taya her winter collection of loca by taya valkyrie was just released so if you're looking yes. for some good sweats additional masks and just uh face masks not lucha masks uh you can uh go to loca by taya valkyrie to pick up some great new swag and gear mm-hmm. now to finish off tonight's show brendan uh you have some news for us uh from primetime live this week all right yeah so it wasn't an exceptionally lucha centric episode but uh i you know i would the tournament has been going on so i'm going to start there in the opening match you had chris dickinson defeating fred rosser to advance in the tournament and then i'm going to skip ahead here you had at the end of the show you had mike bennett and sean davari in the match and uh, mike bennett managed to go on so we are are looking at the tournament is kind of shaping up in that respect um but uh we also had a match with Lacey ryan and vipers who we've talked about uh, a few times on the show vipers has uh kind of been uh you know she's she's been around the lucha area and we like we enjoy watching the matches this was a fun match um <laughs> sorry i'm being distracted by silly messages uh silly <laughs> sorry. Is there, this is a this is a, a proper podcast all right <laughs> we're professional my, my podcasting teammates are the only ones able to talk to me and they're making me giggle right now so just make of that what you will it's not like a you problem Brendan. i don't know about that <laughs> uh, Oh yeah, so so uh this was uh, Lacey Ryan and Vipers was a fun match. Of course, uh Lacey Ryan uh, um, came out on top based on the positioning that would make sense. She was coming in defending the FSW Women's Championship. A uh, very entertaining match. Uh the match that I saved for last even though it was kind of on the undercard is kind of the one that uh the, the our Lucha Central podcast team had the most emo- emotional investment in. Yeah. Uh, which was the <laughs> the real money brothers and were scheduled to have a match with four minutes of heat. So I see what you did there just now. Uh, and then it turned into a six man match with the real money brothers adding cam uh, and four minutes of heat, heat adding will all day. And uh, the, the my team came up a little short on this one, but uh 
It was a fun match. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. R&B, get money. You know? Yeah. That's just, yeah. that's just how we do. The R&B are my boy. I'm, I'm yeah. so just excited and, and thrilled for them. But you know what? I, on the opposing team, Will All Day is, is fantastic. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's, uh, and, and so that too, that kind of threw for a loop. But yes, yeah. there's this West Coast Wrestling Connection out here when we see, you know, people that we know that we're invested in and especially two tag teams like this you know uh that we both know like it it definitely causes some some friendly rivalries <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> uh yeah and the I've, i'm excited this that the uh four minutes of heat got to wear the defy belts out to the ring and they repeatedly mentioned that they were defy tag team champions that is one of our Seattle promotions here. So I'm hoping that means that we see them defending the Defy belts at some point. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's that's the beauty of the United <laughs> Wrestling Network. You mentioned already that, you know, Lacey Ryan um, defended the FSW Future uh, Stars of Wrestling Women's Championship. Um, and, and that's a promotion that United Wrestling Network is working with. Of course, you know, they've had the, the NWA uh, belts listed on there. And, and now it seems like the door could be open for other promotions to have their belts uh, at least not just seen, but possibly even defended uh, on on uh, the show. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm very exciting. Again, not a super lucha strong lucha week, but uh, I I'm sure we'll see more of uh, Miranda Alize in future mm-hmm. and um, some of the uh, other lucha talents that they. This, it is a West Coast based promotion, so it's super easy for them to grab a West Coast based guy or two. I would not be surprised to see Mysterioso pop up on one of these mm-hmm. upcoming episodes. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to throw that out there because if they hear this, maybe they'll get the idea and do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> I'd love to give them that idea. Great. Well, that is it for this week's Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to visit LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre, and follow Lucha Central on social media. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Lucha Central and on Twitter at LuchaCentral.com. And, of course, you got to check out the YouTube page. There's a lot of great content on there, matches and interviews that are all available for you to view and, and just enjoy, reminisce, learn something new, whatever you want to do. You can find it on Lucha Central's YouTube page. And, well, while you're at it, go ahead and follow us on social media, Dusty. Can you let our listeners know where they can find you on social media? I am on Instagram at Dusty Murphy, all one word. Facebook, facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy. Pretty easy. And Brendan, where can our listeners find you? I am 321. That's the numbers 321 and a t-shirt guy spelled out. 321 t-shirt guy. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram and I'm on Twitter, which is really where I spend most of my time. So (laughs) the fastest way to get me is always on Twitter. And me, Miranda Morales, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at 
the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out, uh, on, uh, Facebook, uh, I am at the hashtag Miranda, so if you do that Facebook slash, just type out the hashtag Miranda and you can find me, um, and, or you can also search for me, but there's a lot of Miranda Morales's out there, so let's go straight <laughs> to the source, slash the hashtag Miranda, um, and also while you're at it, cause you know, we, we're all human. We spend lots of time on the internet. Make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review us. If yeah, you, five stars, y'all. Five stars. You yeah. may be listening to this on Google, on iTunes, on Speaker, on Podbay, on iHeartRadio, whatever streaming platform you are listening to this podcast on. Make sure you subscribe so you can get notifications on when this podcast drops. And then also rate, rate and review. So a five star rating would be much, much appreciated. And you can leave a review. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, and maybe some topics that you think we should cover in Definitely. the future. We love to hear, hear feedback from our listeners. Um, we always get to enjoy, uh, you know, sharing that information and we may be, uh, you know, including your name, um, you know, in a future podcast. So if you want to uh, get a special shout out, make sure you leave a comment for us either on social media or through your favorite podcast streaming platform. For Dusty Murphy and Brendan Barr, I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you all again so much for listening and we will be back next week. <laughs>